Welcome, you're listening to the Agile Unemployment Podcast, where in each episode, we take an in-depth look at being out of work. We'll talk about the programs and benefits available to you. We'll talk about the job hunting process itself. And most importantly, we're going to address the psychological and emotional impact that being out of work has on the individual. I'm your host, Sabina Sulat. I'm an HR expert and author. A few years ago, I lost my dream job and found myself unemployed for the first time in my life. I was frustrated by the lack of resources and information available to people out of work, but more than that, I was just stunned by the fact that we don't talk about unemployment. I took my experience and I turned it into a book and I now coach people to build resilience while they're out of work. If you are out of work, if you recently lost your job, or maybe you've been unemployed for a while, or maybe you're just afraid that you might lose your current job, this is the place to be. We're a safe place where we can talk about all aspects of being out of work. We can answer your questions and we can help you build resilience so that when you go back to work, you are stronger and more confident than ever. So let's get started. Hi, everybody. It's Sabina. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Agile Unemployment. Really have enjoyed the response I've gotten, the questions, the comments. Thank you for downloading, liking, passing on. It's truly appreciated. I had a topic today, and I'm going to change gears because I think circumstances dictate it. If you know me, that's a huge deviation from who I am. I'm a consummate planner, but I also am trying to change and be a little more flexible, a little more agile, if you'll forgive me for saying that. I like to share success stories. I think they give hope that there are jobs out there, people are getting them. So real quick, three great success stories that happened in the past couple of weeks. I had a client who had been out of work for 18 months. Part of the reason why was because they were an executive. Jobs at their level are just not very plentiful. They did want to take a methodical approach to looking for a new job. They were able to do that. I think as the year went into a year and a half, there started to be a little nervousness. Luckily, they landed quite well. I have another client who got a job after eight months. That pretty much tracks. I know we think there are a lot of jobs available, and that's true, but you also want the right job for you in your field, in your career. This person took eight months. The average job search in the U.S. is six months. I think they still pretty much were on track. And then finally, I had a third client who got a job after four months, and this is an unusual case because they boomeranged. And if you don't know what that term means, boomerang is when someone goes back to work at a place where they used to have a job. It's a little out of the ordinary, but this person was rehired by the organization that let them go. I get it. That's everyone's fantasy where you leave your job, they they lay you off, and then you get that phone call saying, oh my gosh, you have to come back. We can't exist without you. That only happens in movies, folks. Very few people are completely indispensable. They found a job in the company where they used to work, completely different department. They were lucky. They built a strong network. They had to go through the entire hiring process, but they are back where they want to be. They're very happy. I think I need to have that person come here and interview them. But there you have it. Three success stories 
very happy for everyone. The executive I told you about inspired today's podcast. Actually, all three people did. But I got an email last week from the executive who, hi, checking in, just wanted you to know I've been back to work for a week. Everything's going great. By the way, I'm completely exhausted. And I think that reflects what happens when we go back to work. I tell people about it. I've experienced it. I think people kind of roll their eyes at me. And then when you experience it, you know, going back to work is mentally, physically, emotionally exhausting. And that strikes people as kind of odd because, of course, this has been our our main objective for however long you're out of work. You want to get back to work in your mind so that you can stop having anxiety, so that you can rest and feel safe. And you start to go back to work and you end up feeling exhausted and overwhelmed in every way possible. It's normal. And I want to talk about that today. So what I want to talk about are, I want to talk about returning to work. And there's a few main areas about this that I want to cover. The first is, first of all, you need a plan. You need a strategy and a plan for going back to work. That starts when you get that fantastic offer email, that phone call. We'd like to hire you. Let's start negotiating things. We're so concerned about negotiating shifts, title, money, other perks and benefits. One of the things you have to remember to negotiate is when you're going to start working. We'll talk about that in a second. I also want to talk about you need to prepare to go back to work. You need to make a plan. We'll cover that. We'll talk about briefly your first, maybe first day, week, maybe even month back at the office, some things to keep in mind. And then I also want to talk about something I want you to be prepared for if you experience it when you go back to the office. And that's kind of addressing everything that you've been through. So I'm going to hit on those four topics. Hopefully this will help you make your return to work journey story a little easier. Here we go. So the first thing is setting up that start date. I'll get into negotiating in another podcast, but right now I want to talk about that start date. It's so tempting because you've been out of work and you want benefits and a paycheck. You don't want them. You need them. You're thinking, okay, if I start going back right away, I'll start getting that check. Those benefits will kick in. I want you to hold off for a little bit and really think about how much time do you need to go back to work? You need to sit down and think about that. You've had, when you're out of work, you come, hopefully you've had a routine there are things that you're doing. It's going to be very hard to just jump back into working. You might have some things you need to take care of. So you need to think about all of that. So when you talk to the recruiter, the hiring manager, you want to negotiate a start date that works for you. I've never had anybody really push back. I have had one recruiter say to me, we know your start date is going to be right away because you're out of work. That is so not true. Don't let anyone tell you that. You have a life and it doesn't revolve around your job. It revolves around the things that matter. Your family, your friends, your health, your well-being. Make sure that you can put those things in kind of like a transition work mode before you go back to work. Only you can set that for yourself. And it's going to be different for every person. The executive who I told you about, I they took a week to start the job, but then they negotiated. They knew that their boss was going to be off for Labor Day week. 
So they said, you know, I want that week off as well. There won't be anything for me to do because my boss isn't in. The organization happily said, yes, that that works great for us. Their boss said, yes, everybody was super happy. A lot of things are going to depend on your start date. One thing that can really dictate that is not every organization holds orientation every Monday. I actually started a job and they wanted me to start three weeks after they gave me the offer letter saying, you know, we don't have an orientation right away for you. And I was able to negotiate that differently. You just have to know what you need and don't take no for an answer. They've given you the the offer letter. They want to hire you. You're not asking too much. Negotiate that return to work date that works for you, taking into account all the things that you have to do. So now let's talk about all the things that you have to do. If you recall, or if you've read my book, uh, you might recall, I had a podcast of like five things you must do when you lose your job right away. Go back to that. And some of those things will help you plan what you need to do in order to return to work so that you can focus on learning your new organization learning your new job. So it might be things like maybe you've been home, you've had the opportunity to take the kids to school and pick them up. Maybe you need to make other arrangements or you and your partner have to work out a schedule. Write that down, put that on a list, keep that in mind. Maybe you have an elder care situation that you need to change. All of those things, maybe it's a pet care situation. Make sure that you give yourself enough time You don't have to tell your new job everything about your personal life. For me personally, I like a little distance. You just have to say, I need to make personal arrangements so that when I start working, I can focus on my job. I don't know an employer who's going to turn you down when you say that. Think about all of those things. Other things you might not have thought about. Your health care, your well-being, your families. Do you have any upcoming doctor's appointments you need to move or anything like that? Make sure that you get those in, again, so you can focus on being back at work. All of those little things are really important. They're not little things. They're big things. Making sure all of those you know, little separate buckets are in order. Does your car need service? Get it in. Do you need a house repair? Make sure you schedule that before you go back. You go through your list. Here's some things that people don't really think about. So I mentioned one of my clients telling me how exhausted they were after a week of work. You have no idea. You'll, unless you've been through it a couple of times, you're not really prepared for that kind of overall exhaustion. What I think the best thing to do is have as many things taken care of for you as possible. And this is one of those tiny little things where it sounds so silly, but you're going to be grateful that you did that. You just have to trust me on this. What I mean are things like before you go to work, The weekend before, the week before, make sure all the laundry's done. Make sure the house is clean. Make sure you have, pick out what you're going to wear to work for the first week. Even if it's jeans, make sure everything is washed and ready to go so you don't have to rush around, so you don't have to think about it. Have lunches packed or scope out where your office is and where there's a place for you to order lunch from. If you are lucky enough to have a cafeteria in your building, make sure you have money or a debit card or whatever you want to pay with. Make sure that you have a full tank of gas. Make sure that you have 
food in the house so you don't have to go grocery shopping after a long day of work or that you're not just eating unhealthy food courtesy of delivery. These tiny little things, it means one less thing you have to think about during a week where you are so focused, like just like you haven't been since you lost your job. Any little thing that you can think of. Be like girl preparing for winter. Have as much done as possible. You want to be able to come home from work, relax, unwind, enjoy time with friends or family, anything that makes you feel better, be it self-care, exercise, walking, anything that you can do the things you want to do rather than the things you have to do. That's the second part of it. And step back, strategize, make a plan, make sure it falls within that return to work time period, and then do it so that on that Monday, on whatever day of the week it is that you're starting your job, you are ready because that is going to take all of your energy. Let's kind of cover that. What do I mean by that? No matter how seasoned you are, how experienced, how professional you are, the first day of work, it's like the first day of school. You have that mix of like excitement and anxiety. You're, it's a new venture, especially if you've been out of work. When we're out of work, we doubt ourselves. We question our abilities. Now somebody has seen in us that rock star that we knew we were before we lost our job. They're so happy that they've hired us. Organizations are never so well behaved as they are during the recruiting and orientation process. This is where they show the best to you. They're still trying to, they call it now the war of talent, but this is where they're trying to get top talent and someone has considered you top talent and they treat you that way. The first day is always great. Everybody is wearing their best. They're looking their best, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. They're still selling the organization to you. For you, you're in constant learning mode. The first day, the first week, really the first month of your job, you're trying to learn everything. Even if you're doing a job that you used to do, maybe it's you already know how to be the best teacher, but now maybe it's in a new school district, a new grade level, and you have to learn new processes, cultures, procedures, names. It's exhausting. It takes all of your effort, learning mode. You're on all the time, but then you're also on all the time for you because you're trying to make a good impression. You want people to help you, to know you, to like you. That takes a lot. I'm, I'm an introvert. Things like that exhaust me. I get so, it just takes everything out of me to be con in that kind of uh, glad handing to know me phase. Uh, I like it to happen over time. But when you start, everybody's all over you like the royal couple where everybody wants to see you and touch your hand and shake you and, and all of that. It's just something you have to do when you start a job. You want to be able to focus on that. You want to be able to be your best. As I said earlier, if you were up late doing laundry, if you didn't have a healthy dinner, if you didn't get to bed at a good time, you can't be your best for your new job because just like the organization is showing you their best face, you're showing them your best. You also have to learn so much it's all the orientation stuff. You have to make huge decisions the first month. What benefit plan are you going to take? Do you want the 401k? What shifts are you going to have? You have to have one-on-one -on -one meetings with, with staff members. 
It takes a lot out of you. Take care of yourself. During that time period, you're focusing on learning, remembering. You don't want to be the person who can't remember the team members' names or forgets their insurance forms, things like that. Make sure that you put your energies into the first few days of work, the first month of work on those little things so that you can start to be productive and do the job they hired you to do. The three phases there, it's that choosing the right return to work day that works for all the things you have to do so that you can go ahead and focus on work when you start. Then there's actually doing all of those things, planning them, executing them, so that first day of work, you're there, you're on, you're able to show your best self to the new organization, your new boss, your new team members, and anybody else that you interact with. And those are really the three main buckets or things that you need to focus on when you return to work. So I want to talk about this last thing because to me, it's almost the most important and it's one that we don't discuss and I'm not going to take a tremendous amount of time on it because I think it should also be its own podcast. A lot of times I hear from people that they started a new job. They're very happy. They, they're very grateful. They have an income coming in. They have insurance. They can provide for their families. They don't have that massive black cloud hanging over them. And yet there's something wrong and they don't know what it is. I have a lot of people reach back to me because I've written about this. I've experienced it. I've looked into it. I've talked to other people about it. I talked about this in the first podcast. When you lose your job, when you're out of work, you've gone through trauma. Your body and mind go into this gear of survival while you're unemployed where you're just you're just trying to get through the day and the next day and the next day and find a job. I caution people don't do that. Instead, work on building your resilience, your confidence so that when you go back to work, you can focus on work. Even if you do all that, to experience post-traumatic stress is not unusual because in a way, you're going back to an environment, even if it's not the same company or organization, where you experience the trauma. And when we experience trauma, we think we're going to experience it again. And I made this observation because I had a client who went back to work, loved his job. He reached out to me because he was having all of these issues. He was in this constant state of anxiety. He was not sleeping. He was losing weight because he couldn't eat. He was doing great at his job. He loved the organization. He loved his manager. But he still, he kept saying, like, I don't understand why I'm experiencing all of this. And we talked it out. One of the things that happened was at work, he was triggered. And triggered means you experience something that you associate with the trauma. He has a job where he goes into an office. His manager is very, very engaged. And she has a habit of wanting to talk to him. And she will come up to his work area, stand behind his chair, lean down and say, can I talk to you for a minute? This to her seems very benign, very innocent. She really wants to just talk to him about work. To him, this was the way he was led into a conference room to be told he was losing his job. And every time this happens, that's where he goes back to. It took him a while to figure it out. And he said, I, I can't help it. I love my manager, but instantly 
for like three seconds when she asked to talk to me, I think I'm going to be fired. One of the strategies we came up with for him is something called managing up. I want to take a quick minute here. I'm not sure that organizations, managers, recruiters understand that when you hire someone who's been out of work for a while, they experience this. They've been through something that's deeply impacted them. And if those groups do understand this, they often think, well, it's not my problem, or, well, now that's over for them because they have a job here. And that's not the case. There's a thing called managing up. Managing up is when you kind of help your manager work with you. You can't think that your manager is a mind reader and knows everything about you, knows how to handle you, knows how to greet you, knows the kind of recognition you enjoy, knows that you prefer email over meetings or that you prefer Slack over instant messaging. They just don't know. So you have to have those conversations with your manager. I know it's not easy, but also letting them know that you don't have to tell them all your personal stuff. You can just say, you know, I like working here. I'm enjoying it. I like working with you. I just think it's the transition from being out of work to being back in the office. If we could do X, it would help me. And then actually come solution focused and ask for what you need. We are getting into a culture, a workplace culture that allows for this. Thank goodness. Think back on my client. That's all he had to do. He didn't have to tell her the, the details of how he was let go at his prior job. He just said, you know, it just kind of gives me an uneasy feeling. Maybe if you could just put something on my calendar, but also if I knew what the meeting was about. And to him, that gives him comfort because now he knows there's an actual purpose to the meeting. Now that they've gotten to know each other, his manager is very understanding and make sure that he knows there's a meeting or when she leans down and says, can I talk to you for a minute? She follows it up with, oh, I, I need to talk to you about the, the Smith account. And now he knows there's a reason. It's made all the difference to him. So you need to make sure that if you experience any of this kind of post-traumatic stress, trouble sleeping, anxiety, that, that kind of source of worry at work, that you address it either by asking for what you need from work or even if it is seeing a professional. I don't think that's a bad idea if you've been through a trauma. I think it's really just a way for you to make sure that you are as strong and resilient as possible to focus on the job that you have. A large part of that is either seeing a professional if you feel you need it, and if you don't, then at least you know. But the other thing is to make sure that you are taking care of yourself. I always talk about being out of work. You need to focus on self-care. You need to continue that. That's one of the first things we throw out the window when we've started a job. I really recommend as you're preparing to go back to work, you make sure that you carve out that time for just you and do something that nourishes you, that makes you feel better. I mentioned exercise, going to the gym, walking, whatever works, family time. If it's binge watching something, uh, we don't judge here. If it's reading anything like that, make sure that you continue to take care of yourself as you're going back to work. Keep that habit. It's a lifelong habit and it is essential to your well-being. There you have it. We have covered 
a few quick and easy things to do when you prepare to go back to work. So just to recap, negotiate that start date that you need. Figure out the things you need to do so that when you go back to work, you can focus on work. But remember to keep that kind of self-care that you've built up while you've been out of work. That's going to be essential to keeping you well-balanced and healthy and able to focus on work. When you do start work, make sure you start to contribute to the culture you want in the workplace, meaning you ask for the things that you want. Start building that relationship with your manager. Make sure that you can be in learning mode so that you know all you need to know about your work area, the teams, so that you can focus on being productive and being a top performer in your job. And then keep checking in with yourself. Maybe even ask partner friends, do I seem okay? Keep watching your sleep habits, your eating habits. How do you feel? If you're feeling that anxiety, if you're feeling that other shoe might drop, You might need to look into getting some care for post-traumatic stress. You might need to replenish yourself a little more than you've been doing. So make sure that you explore those options so that you're really the best that you can be. And there you have it. So thank you for joining me for the Agile Unemployment Podcast. I hope that this is, if not shortening your time while you're out of work, it's at least making it a little easier. I'll see you next time. And there you have it for today. I hope you learned something or heard something today that is helping you as you are in your out-of-work journey and that will help you normalize the conversation about being out of work. If you heard something that resonated with you, please show us support, subscribe, like, or comment on something. If you'd like to learn more information, You can reach out to me on LinkedIn, Sabina Sula. I'm the only one. You can also reach out to me on my website, reworkingworks.com. You can also email me at s-s-u-l-a-t at reworking.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you want to know about private coaching, more about the book, more about the podcast, I wish you luck in your getting back to work journey. I hope that you've learned something here that if it hasn't made that journey a little shorter, it's at least made it a little easier. Until next time, thanks for joining.